all my life, I've always wanted to help people. Fast forward 40 plus years on this planet and I'm running the holistic clinic of my dreams. I founded the supplement company of my dreams and I'm stepping into each day like it's a dream. Now, I get to help even more people through this podcast and I want you to have the tools to feel your best, to optimize, to figure out what's going wrong and how to course correct. I believe in you so much. Knowledge is power, and we're going to transform your life together. School of Doza is in session. Hello, my friends. How's everyone doing? I first have to tell you about how much the reviews and subscribing means to me. It is exactly what keeps this podcast going. And without them, we simply could not continue to spread the good information about health. And you didn't have to take the time to rate and subscribe, but you did. So thank you. And if you haven't subscribed or reviewed yet, no problem. I still love you. And if you feel like you want to, go ahead. We'd be really grateful. And if you haven't signed up by now, go to the Nurse Doza newsletter and see what kind of questions have been answered because we've been taking all kinds of questions over the last couple months and answering as many as we can. And there's some really good questions out there. So if you haven't signed up for the Nurse Doza newsletter, you can at mswlounge.com. It comes out twice a month. Ask a question anywhere. We're hopefully going to answer it and you'll get some actionable results that you can implement on a daily basis. Today's subject is all about getting better sleep and exactly what that looks like. Sleep is the most important thing that you can do for your overall health. And it's very important that you understand that sleep is also a practice that you have to continuously work on. And it's not easy for everyone just to fall asleep and stay asleep. But that's what we're going to talk about today, how to improve the quality of your sleep. But before we get into that, quickly, I just want to define what healthy sleep physically feels like. Okay, we know sleep, you're going to sleep at night in a dark room, hopefully, and you wake up the next day. But when you wake up the next day, what good quality sleep physically feels like is feeling refreshed when you finally wake up in the morning. You have to be alert, right, to start your day. So when you wake up first thing in the morning and you're alert, you had a good night's rest and you feel refreshed, right? You didn't have to use the alarm or the snooze button a couple of times. You feel ready to go. That's good quality sleep. And for some people, it's something that they think they can't attain. But I'm telling you right now, you can do this. All of us have been working on our sleep. Anyone that comes into the clinic, any of my clients we talk about, sleep is always included as a vital part of their overall health and well-being. And you cannot live a long life if you do not have healthy sleep. So that's why this podcast is so important. And keep in mind, for those who want a little bit of science of what sleep actually does, just keep in mind it just recalibrates all your systems, your hormones, your liver, your digestive tract, everything is recalibrated, your heart. All of that is rejuvenated when you sleep. So if you miss out on sleep, keep in mind, it's a debt you will never pay off. My first tip for getting better sleep. The first tip for getting better sleep is to turn down your lights starting at 8 p.m. Now, most people will stay up late. I'm one of them. I ask yourself right now as you're listening to this podcast, how late do you typically stay up at night? And I feel the answer is probably 9, 10, 11 p.m. It's very common. Some people go to bed at midnight. Now, it's okay if you stay up that late. I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, I have to go to bed at 9 p.m. every night in order to improve my sleep. 
That's not necessarily true. What I want you to do is think about how you're getting prepared for your night of sleep before you go to bed. Okay. Now, when I think about preparing for sleep, some people are surprised when I ask them to do things like turn down your lights starting at 8 p.m. And I'm not saying to shut everything down. Like, you know, some people still need to work a little bit. Some people want to watch TV with their loved one. I get that. But you can watch TV, just don't have all the lights on in the house, right? You don't need that kitchen light on if you're sitting there in the living room, right? You can turn that kitchen light off. Let's say that you're sitting there watching Netflix or watching TV with your loved one. Don't look at your phone while you're, there, while you're on the couch. That's just another screen. And what I'm getting at is the more that you start turning down lights at night, the more your body starts preparing for sleep. And I'm telling you right now, like imagine that sleep being the most important thing for your health. If you practice preparing for the most important part of your day, what would that look like? It would look like you prepare for sleep. It's not like you're getting up and saying my day revolves around food. My day revolves around work. No, your day should revolve around sleep. Because sleep is your six, seven, eight hours to re fully recharge yourself. And if you sacrifice your sleep, you sacrifice your health. And so there are ways to improve your health and improve your sleep. One of them is have a dimmer. I have a study here that shows that melatonin production at night is improved by using dim light adaption instead of dark adaption. Huh. Now, in plain English, melatonin is a hormone that our brains make in order for us to recalibrate our bodies. Melatonin is made throughout the body, but mainly made in the brain. And usually melatonin is made at nighttime. So if you think about how important sleep is, let's get into the science of this. When you're going to bed at night, let's say it is 9 to 10 p.m., the reason I'm having you turn down your lights at 8 p.m. is because we're getting ready for the production of melatonin, the ultimate hormone when it comes to detoxification of your brain. And you only make it when you are asleep at night. So if your lights are on in your living room, in your bedroom, the TV's on, they're looking at a computer screen, you're scrolling on your phone, that's all too much stimulating light that suppresses your brain's ability to make melatonin while you sleep. And if you did a simple, let's do a dimmer switch, that can help you get you prepared for more melatonin production. And like I said, you don't have to turn everything off. Just start dimming them, start turning a few things off, right? And then towards the end of the night, hopefully it is black and it's darkness, right? Uh, sometimes I don't have any lights on and I kind of see if I can move around the house, you know, and just kind of use my other senses because I want that melatonin production, that melatonin, right? And I'll get into it more in a second, but melatonin is a hormone just like all other hormones, right? And we're already getting into hormones, right? Which is fascinating because no one really thinks about hormones and hormone imbalances and having hormone issues when it comes to sleep. But I can imagine right now, let's say just for example, you have any hormone issue going on right now, whether you're a female or male, I bet you sleep is also an issue as well. Because if melatonin being a hormone is off in any way, I'm sure it affects all the other hormones that you make throughout the day. And speaking of, Sleep is an interesting thing. Most people don't realize that your sleep will affect you throughout the day, not just when you wake up in the morning. There's something called your circadian rhythm. Some people call this your circadian clock. It's a 24-hour cycle that is 
how your body functions throughout the day from a biochemical standpoint. Your heartbeat, your breath rate, how you poop, how you respond to stress, how you sweat, how you pee. All these things are regulated by something called your circadian rhythm. And most people are supposed to have a normal circadian rhythm. What I mean by that, most people, they're not supposed to work at night, right? I understand some people work at night shifts, but just keep this in mind. A few years ago, it was deemed to be carcinogenic to work at night. Yes, working at night has been known to cause cancer. If you miss out on that darkness, you're missing out on things like melatonin production. And if you do this long enough, there's research that shows you could develop things like cancer and you could develop things like dementia. And uh, most certainly you could develop things like high blood pressure and heart disease, all from just lack of sleep or the inability to regulate your melatonin production, which could be something as simple as you're staring at your laptop and your computer screen and your phone screen and your TV screen up to midnight. You imagine you're playing video games at night right? You're trying to wind down and relax at night. You're not winding down and relaxing your body. It's not like looking at Netflix at night and while I'm playing video games at night is going to help you make more melatonin at night for your sleep. You're not going to get better sleep from playing video games at night. I'm sorry. You're not going to get better sleep from watching Netflix before you go to bed. And if you're one of those people that leaves the TV on while you fall asleep, here you go. Blue light. Two hour exposure to blue light in the evening suppresses melatonin. And if you think about this, it's interesting because some people just have the TV on to fall asleep. They have their phone next to them while they're asleep at night, right? They have the computer screen. All these things are suppressing wavelengths in our brain that help us regulate our circadian rhythm and our ability to make production of vital hormones like melatonin. That, by the way, melatonin could be more important than glutathione when it comes to being an antioxidant. We'll get into that in a second. Start turning down your lights around 8 p.m. Tip number two, tip number two for getting better sleep, raise your HRV. Now, HRV has been talked about in our other podcasts with the heart. Heart rate variability is typically how heart rate variability is discussed and how it's classified. Heart rate variability is measurement of time in between your heartbeats. So you imagine you have a heartbeat, it's measured as resting heart rate, boop, boop, boom is your heart rate. The time in between that heartbeat is your heart rate variability. Now, someone who beats very slow, like in a relaxed state, will go boom, boom, which means there is a longer or higher HRV or time in between heartbeats. A person who has a fast heartbeat that goes brrrr, they have a low heart rate variability in between heartbeats. That person who has a high heart rate and a low HRV most likely is stuck in something called sympathetic mode. HRV is a direct measurement of your sympathetic nervous system activation. In your nervous system, in your health, there's something called sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system. And this is now getting very technical, but stay with me on this. People who are stuck in a sympathetic mode are normally in a flight or fight mode. Imagine this person is white knuckling it all the time. Their nervous system is just basically locked in on overload stress mode and it's overactivated all the time. You imagine I'm probably talking about you, right? And you imagine or someone you know. If you're stressed out to the max, there's no way you're going to have good sleep. 
And the proof is that your HRV is directly going to be affected by that. Your HRV, your heart rate variability, is usually measured while you're sleeping. Some people wear a thing like a wearable device. I wear one. And that tracks my HRV at night when I'm sleeping. And research shows that heart rate variability should be at its highest at nighttime when we're sleeping. When we're in a vegetative state, we're in a very relaxed state. So what I ask you to do is if you're having a wearable device, take out the app that's connected with that wearable device. Now, I'm just going to use the Apple Watch for an example because most people have that. The Apple Watch has an app. It's called the Health app. And it's that little square or you know app that has the, uh, the red heart on the white app. Push the Health app. And scrolling down, it'll say show all health data. Now, showing all health data, click on that, and it takes you to then all your variables and your data for your heart rate variability. You're going to scroll down past the resting heart rate, and usually it's one or two links past that, and you'll see heart rate variability. Click on it. Now, for people who wear their wearable devices throughout the day, you can track your HRV throughout the day and at nighttime. And like I said in the first tip, you have a circadian rhythm, which defines our overall function and well-being, along with our nervous system. They're directly connected. Sleep is our ability to regulate our nervous system in a way to where we can be rejuvenated and healthier and live a long time. That's why we were designed to sleep. And when we're stressed out to the max all day long from our work, from emails, from social media, it fries our nervous system and causes our bodies to not be able to sleep well at night. And if you think about how we can measure this, you look at your Apple Watch, you look at your wearable device, and I say, let's measure, let's see the measurement of heart rate variability. And if you've ever overlooked this, now's your time. Heart rate variability should be above 70 for most people, maybe 60 because we're being conservative. Look at where your heart rate variability is right now. If you're below 40, if you're below 30, I have to ask you, how's your sleep? And if you say, well, my sleep's not very good, I say, okay, I have to imagine that if somebody has a low heart rate variability, they also have sleep issues. I have studies here that show a higher heart rate, a higher heart rate and a lower heart rate variability during sleep is considered to be independent risk factors of cardiovascular disease. What that means is you have high blood pressure. And someone who has high blood pressure, keep in mind, one in three Americans have heart disease. Most likely, a person who has heart disease has a low heart rate variability and it has a high resting heart rate. And what's fascinating is you have this measurement on your Apple Watch on a daily basis. And what I'm telling you is for all the people out there who are concerned about their heart, you can measure your heart health by two things, tracking your sleep and tracking your heart rate variability. Because if your heart is beating way too fast and your heart rate is really high and your HRV is really low, there's no way your nervous system is relaxed enough to fall asleep at night and stay asleep. So think about this. If you're one of those people that says, I get good sleep, I say, are you asleep all night? Do you stay asleep all night? Do you wake up throughout the night? You know how many people respond yes? People don't associate waking up throughout the night as poor quality sleep. They think going to bed for six, seven, eight hours, but waking up four or five times without that is still getting eight hours of sleep. You have to get deep sleep. You have to get deep, calming sleep to the point where you go into dreamland. You go into a trance. That's when your heart rate, your nervous system can finally relax. 
right? That's when your body can recalibrate itself. It's not in flight or fight mode anymore. It's not in sympathetic mode. And for people who have high resting heart rates and low HRVs, your health is directly affected by that. And it's showing you that your sleep is off. It's showing you that your heart's off and that you're not healthy. So tip number two for better sleep, you have to get your heart in order and you're going to measure your sleep and your heart, which are both connected through something called heart rate variability, which you can wear on a wearable device and get and, and pull information from on a wearable device. You have the tools right now for you right now. It's on your wrist. You didn't even realize it. And we're going to have a whole separate episode on how to raise your HRV because trust me, there's a whole science behind it, but the best ways to do it, deep breathing exercises, going to bed early, not eating sugar at night, which will be the next tip, going and doing floating, you know, one of those flotation rooms, uh, infrared sauna is a great way to raise your HRV. All these things are great ways to raise your HRV. In fact, this whole podcast, if you listen to this podcast and get the tips from this podcast to improve your sleep, you're going to start raising your HRV. Okay. Improvement in sleep, improvement in HRV, improvement in health. My third tip for getting better sleep is to don't eat sugar and don't drink alcohol at night. And you say, well, yeah, that makes sense. But how many of us do it? Let's be honest with ourselves. When you consume chocolate or sugar, at what part of the day are you doing it? Because if you're like me, I have a sugar crash after I consume sugar. So if I eat late at night on the couch, I fall asleep on the couch and I wake up around 11 p.m. or 12 p.m. at night and I had a sugar crash I just woke up from and I'm like, oh man, I disrupted my sleep cycle. I'm awake now at midnight. I already took a nap. What's going on? Now, that's just me. I have to ask you, when you have your sugar, because some people have their sugar in the afternoon. I have one person that tells me they have their sugar at 2 p.m. every day because it gives them a sugar rush and allows them to finish their day. But then I ask them, I say, okay, after the sugar rush has happened, there's a sugar crash. How do you feel an hour or two later after that chocolate? That person's tired. And not in a good way. When somebody is trying to regulate their sleep, things like sugar and alcohol directly disrupt your sleep. I have a study here that shows that alcohol consumed over 30 minutes, ending one hour before bedtime, reduces melatonin production by 15 to 19%. One alcohol drink before you go to bed will reduce your melatonin by 15 to 19%. Now imagine you're having this alcohol consumption and it's maybe something sugary sweet, a beer, a brandy, a whiskey, a margarita, a wine, and then you decide to have some chocolate. And let's say on top of that, you decide to stay up late watching Netflix with all the lights on in your house while you're scrolling on your phone. What percentage of melatonin suppression now can you imagine is happening now at 9 p.m.? And for most people, it is very common for people to consume sugar and alcohol before they go to bed, almost like a nightcap, if you will, a reward after a long day. I was stressed out all day. I deserve a nightcap. I deserve a little shot of this or a drink of this or a little bite of this as a reward for myself. And I'm telling you right now, that bite of chocolate at 9 p.m. at night is going to throw off your sleep. That wine glass or a glass of wine or a second glass of wine will disrupt your sleep at night. I could go into more studies that show you 
how alcohol and sugar disrupt your sleep. But I'm going to be honest with you. You know this. The biggest thing about people and their sugar and their alcohol is that they're doing this at night because it's a reward for them before they go to bed. Because people think the end of their day is now at 9 p.m., 10 p.m. before they go to bed. That's not the end of your day. Your day is just starting when you're going to bed. The magic in your life happens and occurs when you're sleeping at night. It's not in the daytime. Don't believe me? Let's think about this. I get to pretend to be anything I want to in my mind. When I am dreaming at night, when I daydream, when I night dream, I can be anything I want to, right? During the daytime, I also have a job. I have a family. There's other things I have to tend to that pull away from my energy. And you say, where am I getting at with all this? Well, at the end of the day, after I've used up all my energy at work and with my family, I have a little bit left over to sit on the couch and enjoy my time with my significant other. Am I going to spend that quality time with my significant other sitting there drinking wine and eating chocolate, watching Netflix, scrolling on my phone? To me, that doesn't sound fulfilling and that doesn't sound relaxing. And you're going to say, I do that every night before I go to bed. And then I'm going to say, well, what's your sleep like? And you're like, eh. I say, well, what are you doing right before you go to bed? That's exactly what you're doing. And you say, well, what else is there to do right before you go to bed besides consume sugar, salty chips, or alcohol? How about you read a book? How about you play guitar? How about you go outside and listen to how many bugs you hear and lightning bugs and how many different birds are still out at night? Look at the stars. See where the moon is. See if it's a half moon. It's a full moon. Now, most people will not think about that. Now, if you have to have your glass of wine outside, fine. Like I said, tip number one, less screen time, less lights at night. If you choose to opt out of Netflix and screen time and computer time and still opt in for the wine glass with your husband, go outside and do it on the porch. Go outside and have your glass of wine with your husband or wife or whoever out on the porch and just enjoy that moment because it's not the wine that you really want. You want some time for yourself. I might as well say tip number three, instead of for better sleep, don't eat sugar and alcohol before you go to bed. Tip number three might mean put yourself first before you go to bed and putting yourself first is not putting sugar and alcohol into your body. Let's be honest. Sugar and alcohol is not a reward for your health. It doesn't help your health. It doesn't help your liver. It doesn't help your sleep. It doesn't help your heart. And you say, well, just one or two is not going to hurt me. <laughs> You're wrong. One glass of wine, one whiskey, one beer kills your sleep. And if you do it for longer than one year, how much sleep have you killed in your lifetime from all the sugar and chocolate? And I'm sorry I'm projecting a little bit here, right? Because I'm looking and reflecting my life quickly over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. And I think, man, I don't drink alcohol anymore. But when I have sugar before I go to bed, I don't feel very good at all. So start making some changes before you go to bed at night. Tip number four. To get better sleep, get sunlight in the morning. I want you to get sunlight as quickly as you can when you wake up in the morning. I'm not saying fluorescent lights inside your home. I'm saying actual, real sunlight. 
sunlight recharges your bodies in ways that you have no idea. You need solar energy in order to function. Bigger picture. You need sunlight in order to make melatonin at night. Remember I said that you need to make melatonin at night to sleep? Well, I mean to, to detoxify your brain. And you only make it at night when you're sleeping. Well, here's what's really fascinating. Melatonin's a hormone. It's also a neurotransmitter. Most people know neurotransmitters as serotonin and dopamine. Most people know serotonin because it's directly related to mood. And that term depression, the term depression is really a lack of serotonin, a lack of neurotransmitters like dopamine. The inability to produce the right kind of hormones and neurotransmitters at the right time of day. That's depression. You can call it seasonal, uh, seasonal, uh, what is it? Oh, sad. They call it seasonal something, anxiety disorder. Like something I think is something. It's some generic term that I don't even use anymore because it basically means the person's anxious. They're depressed, right? They don't feel good. Talk to anyone in Seattle. I love y'all, Seattle. But you know what you're going through. When the clouds are out, you don't feel good because you're missing that sunlight, right? You're missing that sunlight because you're like, okay, well, what? how do I function without sunlight now? And getting fluorescent light from inside your house is not going to do the same thing. Sunlight, real sunlight goes directly in your brain when you wake up in the morning and it makes serotonin. Eventually, when you go to bed at night, you take that same serotonin and you convert it into melatonin at night. When sunlight hits your pineal gland, your third eye, deep inside your brain, when sunlight hits your pineal gland, your pineal gland releases serotonin. It releases things like cortisol. It releases things like norepinephrine. All these wonderful things help you feel happy. And when you're happy, you can function. Forget being sad and depressed on the couch. Imagine if you can't think throughout the day, you're depressed, right? Like I mean, you know, I'm stumbling on my words. I forgot something, blah, blah, blah. That probably irritates you, right? That's why grumpy old men are always grumpy because they keep forgetting where they put their keys. And I think about it. I say, imagine that you could do something on a daily basis to help you support your melatonin production at night. It's get up first thing in the morning and get sunlight. Because sunlight will directly make serotonin that then goes and gets converted to melatonin at night. Because when darkness hits the pineal gland, your brain, your pineal gland doesn't make serotonin anymore. Guess what it makes? It makes melatonin now. But it has to get the sunlight first thing in the day. And I think I read something in a study. 87% of our lives is spent indoors. 87% of your life is spent indoors with no sunlight. Which means you don't have serotonin, you don't have vitamin D, you don't have melatonin. So get up and worship the sunlight as soon as you get up in the morning. And for those people out there who want something extra, take a, a supplement for serotonin and melatonin production. I don't want you to take melatonin at night. All right, That's not the goal. I want you to make more melatonin at night on your own. And the way you do it is start making more serotonin in the first thing in the morning. And the way you do it is start getting sunlight and start taking methylated B vitamins. One of my favorite supplements to help make serotonin is Our Bliss by MSW Nutrition. SAM-E and trimethylglycine, TMG. 
that's the recipe that helps you make serotonin and dopamine and eventually melatonin. Our supplement bliss can be taken anytime throughout the day. And it either makes serotonin or if you take it at night, it helps you make melatonin. Incredible. Now, I'm not saying it helps and treats and cures. No, I don't do anything. I'm just saying you need more serotonin, take some bliss. You need some more melatonin at night, take some bliss. You need some more serotonin and more melatonin, take some bliss and get some sunlight and get some darkness at night. This is resetting your circadian rhythm. Imagine if most of your health problems were just due to the fact that you were getting inadequate sleep. And if your doctor or practitioner said, get better sleep, you say, how do I do that? It's this podcast. Get sunlight in the morning. Start turning down your lights at 8 p.m. at night. Start taking supplements that help support your neurotransmitter production and stop eating sugar and alcohol or consuming alcohol before you go to bed, right? All these things are doable. It's just the practice of it, right? And I have to, you know, prevent or uh, present science to show you that these things work. But let's go a little bit further into it. Tip number five for getting better sleep, take your vitamins. And most people think of vitamin B12, vitamin D. They think of vitamin C when I say take your vitamins. Uh Uh-uh. I want you to take something else. I want you to take vitamin B5. I want you to take vitamin B5. If you ever heard of it, we call it the chill pill, right? Because vitamin B5 is still one of my favorite vitamins. It's Baldo's favorite vitamin. It chills you out. It helps regulate cortisol. I've given B5 injections and IVs to people literally during the IV or immediately afterwards. They're chill. They're super relaxed. They're calm. Their nervous system's so relaxed. They don't even know what they're doing. They're almost just like, oh my gosh, did I take something? And I'm like, no, no, no. This is what happens when you help regulate your cortisol. Your body's relaxed and you feel good because you're relaxed. And that's when it brings up the point of saying, well, how do we, do we normally feel like this throughout the day? Do we ever feel like this throughout the day? When was the last time you truly felt relaxed? Every muscle in your body felt relaxed. And here's the thing. You're not deficient in Ambien. You're not deficient in a sleeping pill in order to go to bed at night. You're deficient in melatonin. Or you're deficient in vitamin B5. You're deficient in SAMe. All these things will directly contribute to more production of things like melatonin and serotonin, dopamine, and neurotransmitters. I tell people to take vitamin B5 because most people are deficient in B vitamins, but B5 directly contributes to supporting your adrenal glands. You want a supplement to take and why? Vitamin B5, because when you take B5, you're supporting your adrenal glands. And when you support your adrenal glands, you support your sleep. For people who want better, clean, healthy energy, go back to our episode Let's see, number seven, I believe, how to get natural, healthy energy. It's all about the adrenals. One of the supplements we talk about in there is Zen. Zen is one of our favorite supplements for your adrenals. It has tons of vitamin B5 in it. It also has tons of vitamin B6. And the combination of B5 and B6, you know what they do? They both help you make more neurotransmitters. Vitamin B5 and vitamin B6 help you make more serotonin, cortisol, uh, uh, melatonin. It's incredible. All these things help your body. And you imagine most people are so nutrient deficient from the sugar, the alcohol, the processed food. and They're not taking B5. They might say B12 thinking, oh, this is the energy I need. I'm saying, no, B5 is going to give you calming energy. Calming energy is going to help you relax at night so you can go to sleep. So a lot of people take Zen right before they go to bed. And you know what it does? It helps lower their cortisol levels, regulating them so they can go to sleep at night. 
And imagine you say, oh, I like that. Well, imagine that kind of energy that you feel after you've taken Zen and after you had a good night's rest. Imagine that energy stays with you. You're like, yeah, I want that. That's why I would take a bliss in the morning. That's why I would help regulate my blood sugar and not get too stressed out in the morning so I can stay Zen all throughout the day. And if you want to take a step further, some people take magnesium. Magnesium has been taken forever to help people fall asleep at night. Like this one of the go-tos, right? And there's tons of research that supports oral magnesium supplementation for insomnia in older adults. It's safe. You can take it. You might not be deficient in it, but I can tell you this right now. Try a little and see what happens for you. Worst case scenario, it helps you poop more and get better sleep. And maybe it gets rid of your cramps. In conclusion, I want you to understand one thing when it comes to your health. You have the ability to make yourself healthier. It's not going to be in the form of a pill. It's not going to come from a doctor's office. It's not going to come from a surgery. It's going to come from you. If I started off this podcast by saying sleep is the most important thing you could do for your body, you should start practicing on it right now. If you want better health tomorrow, you need to get better sleep tonight. If you want better sleep tonight, you need to do something throughout the day to help your body downregulate to get ready for sleep at night. That's turning off the TV earlier, turning the lights down lower, maybe skipping the sugar or the wine, maybe spending more time outside with a loved one, maybe checking in with yourself and asking yourself what you need. And then if you can make a morning routine out of that too, make sure that sunlight is a non-negotiable for you. This might be the hardest thing for most people is to get that sunlight first thing in the morning because like I said, some people don't get it. Figure out a way to get sunlight first thing in the morning. And if you can't do it, you need to start taking supplements to help support your melatonin production and downregulate your nervous system. For those who want to try the supplements, Bliss would be the first thing I would try. I talked about it before. Bliss directly makes serotonin during the day. And if you take it at night, it could help convert that serotonin into melatonin at night. Try it for a month. It works very quickly. See what you notice when you take it at different times throughout the day. Like I said, you're going to notice something. It might be subtle. But I want you to really think about this. If you're truly committed to things like you know improving your sleep, it's not going to just happen over a week or two. If you want to try the bliss to improve your sleep for three months, I highly recommend it. It will save you some money in the long run. But think about this. What if you bought a three-month supply of bliss right now? Like right now. If you said, I'm all in. And you're like, I'm not just trying to sell you something. I'm being serious. You can go do all the other stuff and not do the supplements. But if you're all in on the supplements too and you want to try this bliss because you want more serotonin, more melatonin, invest in yourself. Buy a three-month supply. Use the code NURSEDOZA at the checkout at mswnutrition.com. And after you've tried it for a brief period, maybe a longer period, send us what you've noticed. Tell us how you've noticed the changes in your sleep, if it has helped, which it probably should. But also implement some of these things we talked about. If you want to take it a step further and you want to support your adrenals, use that same Nurse Doza code to get a three-month supply of Zen and or Chill, the other adrenal supplement. It's wonderful. I have Chill at night before I go to bed. There's L-theanine and GABA in there. There's magnesium in there, of course. 
Those things are great to help relax the nervous system. Try any of those in combination. They can all be taken together. And just like anything else, if you're going to start a supplement regimen, make sure you tell your practitioners you're doing that. As always, don't hear these tips. Utilize them. Implement them. Take these tips as a springboard for jumping into more research. Be serious about your health and implement these things because you deserve this. You're deserving of so much in this world. And I want you to function at your highest level possible so you can experience everything you want out of this life. Sending all my love. Until next time, class is concluded. Keep working on your health.